Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. This week, we are in San Diego at a crazy mastermind called Seven Figure Flipping. This is with the House Flipping HQ group and Justin Williams. Um, for more information, go to www.houseflippinghq.com. Um, so uh, without further delay, we're going to surprise you with consecutive interviews with top-notch real estate investors who are with us in this group. Um, so I hope you enjoy this week and have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye now. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have the awesome Don Costa. Hi, Don. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> so good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, Don, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we first met you a couple months ago, and you have an amazing story. And uh, we would love to just get a little more background on, on who you are and, uh, and where you're currently located. Okay, I am. I'm located in Fresno, California, um, kind of the Central Valley of California, in between the Bay Area and LA. And um, I've been doing real estate investing for better or for worse since 2003. And uh, I was one of the people who experienced the worst when the market crashed. Um, and uh, put my company back together in 2012, and, and uh, ran it like a business this time. I think is the key, key takeaway that you'll get from me, because this time around I'm running it like a business. Last time around it was like the Wild West. And uh, so very successful now. Was, I was successful back then too, but when um, the market changed, I had no stability. And this time around, you know, I'm focused, we have a good team, we're running like we're supposed to, and so we're able to capitalize on opportunities in the market. That's great. Now, in, in 2003, when, when you first got started in real estate, what, what was it that really stood out about real estate as a, as a whole that, that you said, this is, this is the path I want to take for myself and, and my family? Um, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, I, always, I always knew, like I, I did bad in school. Um, I did bad in school. Um, I, if you watch me type, I misspell things all the time. I'm grammatically incorrect. Um, I need a calculator for every math equation. But um, luckily, I have—I don't want to say street smarts. I just have a sense for opportunities and things, and so that was. So I always knew that was a path I was going to be on as something entrepreneurial. And um, real estate just kind of presented itself. Carlton Sheets was big back then. Um, you know, I uh, I looked I looked at uh, auctions. I did different things. It just really kind of appealed on a level that that nothing else did the opportunities in real estate, you know, the opportunities to, you know, build wealth and to build residual income. And because real estate, you can do several different things. You can build quick cash and you can also do residual income, long-term wealth. And so it's not like selling a widget, right? It's not like having a product that you have to sell out there that it's one and done and it's gone. So, um, so yeah, just, it really, really uh, struck me as the way to go, but I didn't know how to get into it. And I circled it for a long time. I want to say quite a few years, I kind of circled the idea of doing real estate investing. I even back before, you know, I knew probably 2000, year 2000, maybe, maybe a little sooner, maybe 1999, 1998, I put a property in contract and uh, 
didn't know how to raise the money. And so I let it go and I had it in contract for 21 grand. This was a property up near my mom's in Oregon and it turned around and sold for 28. And um, right after I let it out of contract. And so, you know, back then I kind of, I didn't know what wholesaling was, but I started to grasp that concept. Like I could have locked this thing up and sold it to somebody and made money. And so it was a lot of kind of trial and error for me to tell you the truth before I actually got the ball rolling. That's great. And a lot of people have that hurdle. They they can't get over. It seemed like you just said, I'm going to do this and get into it. Was, was there some mental hurdles or something that really, really was a stepping stone that you had to get over just to, just to say, okay, this is the route I'm taking. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that the hurdle that all of us struggle with in the beginning is belief, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's, do we believe we're good enough? Do we believe we're smart enough? Do we believe we're capable? Do we believe it's real? Like, is it, is it real? Can you really do it? Can you really get a housing contract and sell it, you know, for a profit without putting any money into it? I mean, if you look at it on the surface, it does kind of seem like, yeah, maybe that's not a real thing, right? So I think belief um, is huge. And, and for me, it was a lot of that. You know, I had no money. I had no experience. I had no, no reason to be in the business. I just had kind of naive optimism. And, um, I knew if I pushed hard enough that I would, I would, I would break down a wall and it either tell me that breaking down that wall would either tell me this is real or it's not. And so I just kind of kept pushing on that wall until I finally had it fall over and I had a deal happen and uh, proof of concept, you know, it was, it was in place, it was over and then it was on. So, um, but it took a while. I'm not going to lie. It took me a while. I think like everybody else, I'd stick my toe in and then I'd take it out and I'd stick my toe in and then I'd take it out. Yeah. So it took me a little while. Um, but once, once I got that proof of concept, you couldn't stop. Me. So. so, so how has your business evolved over the years? You said you were in business before 2003 and mm-hmm. then the mar- we had the market crash and then you rebuilt your business. When you rebuilt your business, what were some of the changes that you made in mindset and business plan? Well, um, to give you kind of a, you know, to, to frame it properly, in, in, from 2003 till about 2008, um, I, money was so easily made. If anybody remembers the market back then, you could throw a rock at a house and turn a profit. Um, and it was just so easily made that I had what I thought was a business. I had a property management company, a real estate company. Um, I had a mortgage company. I was, I basically uh, developed and opened a restaurant nightclub. I had, um, I was in the process of developing a sunglass line. I had all these things going on and the money was all coming in so fast that I didn't, I didn't realize it was also going out just as fast. And there were no systems or structures in place. A lot of the business was on my shoulders, excuse me, as long, you know, whether or not things were going to be accomplished or not was on my shoulders. And so when, you know, when I was not focused, um, the company kind of hemorrhaged in ways that you couldn't see not running like a business. And then when the market turned, it was like a noose around my neck. You know, at the end of the day, like those Gravitrons, that's the best way to describe it. When you got the fair, you know, those Gravitrons just throw you up against the wall and you can't move. There's nothing you can do about it. That was what it was like when the market turned because I had so many leaks in the ship um, and really no like strong understanding of exactly what my business was or what it was doing that it just, the money just left. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. So this time, you know, first and foremost, I'm making a commitment to stay in the realm of 
the business that makes me money. So anything I'm doing is real estate related now. Um, for me, that's just, I'm ADD. And if I, if I allow my ADD to take control, that could be dangerous. So, <laughs> Ooh, shiny object. Yeah, yeah. So we know. <laughs> so every, everything I do is real estate related. Um, I stay within this, this kind of arena. And I, I built a good team um, that was better than me. I think that's really important is to find people who are better at you and getting tasks done. And um, there's, just, there's accountability, there's structure, there's systems, there's, there's reports, there's, you know, I always know what my company is doing. That, I think that's, that's an important aspect of it. And the other thing too was I was, um, I was highly leveraged last time around, like highly leveraged. And this time around, I've learned to manage my cash flow better keep reserves in the bank. You know, um, when we do our projects, we try to borrow 100% of our rehab and our, um, our purchase acquisition. So basically, we have no money in any of our projects. And it's all by design so that there's stability, there's health in my organization. And um, there's a difference between making money and having money, right? Like there's a difference between sure. being rich and being wealthy. Yes. And I didn't understand that difference the last time around. So, you know, the last time around, I, I bought brand new BMWs. This time around, I have a 2012 GMC truck that I bought two years old and paid cash for. So there's just, there's differences in my mindset that, uh, that I'm better for. And so with that said, I am so grateful that I went through that because I think I'm a better person and a better business person for that. You know, in the long run, I'll make far more money. That's great. And so you, you hit this this we'll say horrible low point and a lot of people wouldn't rebound from this they would just they would just say i i that's enough <laughs> i've had enough i've taken this and go on give us i mean how do you bounce back and and maybe people aren't going to face hopefully they're not going to get hit with this this huge downturn that, that we've seen before but at some point growing a business you have these downturns you have these shifts that that if you don't recover from, uh, you, you miss out on the huge upside that you're having today. Can you give right. us some thought on that? You know, I would like to say that, you know, I had some great mental strength and that I just pulled myself up by the bootstraps and everything was just dandy because I was so great, right? But that wasn't the case. I, you know, when, when I say I lost everything, it wasn't a lot of them, a lot of what I lost was overnight, but it was a period of about four years that I just proceeded to go broke and more broke and even deeper broke. Um, it got to the point where I was buying gas with, with quarters. Like I go buy a gallon of gas and I get enough, like $3 worth of quarters and I go up and pay for it. And I mean, it was that bad going to the, the grocery store with a calculator. And none of that really drove me, I think, to pull myself out of it. I, you get into this survival mode thing that I want to point out to people. We are more focused on just getting through the battles of the day, like keeping the lights on and keeping your, your family fed that you're not focused on growing past it. And that's where I was, you know. Um, I tried getting a job. Uh, back then, you know, everybody was trying to get a job. It was, it was horrible. You couldn't get a job. I was, you know, I have an associate's degree. Most of the jobs I was qualified for required a bachelor, so they wouldn't even talk to me. And the ones that would, I was overqualified. Um, so they didn't want to hire me. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there wasn't a whole lot of jobs beyond that available. So um, my breaking point was a Taco Bell incident, which is a story I've told many times, but yeah. I took my family to Taco Bell one day. I thought I had money on a credit card. Um, I was going to take them to lunch in a movie. And I went into Taco Bell and we ordered our food and I went to pay for it. And the card was declined. And the guy looks at me and he's like, you know, it's declined. And so I, I had him run it again. He tells me it's declined. And I, 
yell across the room to my wife. I'm like, do you have any money? And she's like, no, I don't have anything. And so I tell the guy to cancel the order. And he looks at me and this is, I mean, I, I will never forget it. He's like, what, you don't have the money to pay? <laughs> kid, right. And uh, it's funny because I always tell the story that it, it didn't bother me. It really didn't. I have thick skin. I pride myself in, you know, things bounce off. Right. And that didn't bother me. What broke me was walking out of Taco Bell. I was holding my son's hand and he looked up to, at me and he said, dad, you know, how come that mean guy didn't give us our food? Jeez. And, um, that, that moment, there's no way to describe how that changes you at, at the core as a parent. When you realize, I realized, cause I was so proud for, um, all those years that I was holding it together. Like I was, I was successful at being a failure and I was proud of doing that. Right. And, um, I just realized in that moment that I, I was letting everybody down. I wasn't successful at anything. I was, I was letting everybody down and there was nothing to be proud of. And I, I had to do something. And so I took a self, um, kind of like an analysis, you know, a survey of what I got, what capabilities I have, you know, what I want to do, what I don't want to do. And, and the one thing I was always good at was making deals. Like I could identify what a deal was. I was really good at raising private money. It scared me to death to get back into it. Um, but it was my only option. And I went home and I put an ad on Craigslist. It wasn't like it happened overnight, but I put an ad on Craigslist. I had six people respond. Um, one of them ended up having lunch with and coffee with and, and did this kind of dance around, you know, trying to ask for money to do projects. And uh, I was in a meeting with him at Starbucks and I was sitting there. It was probably our sixth or seventh meeting. I hadn't got him to commit to investing in me yet. And I got a text from my wife in the middle of the meeting that our water had been shut off. Wow. And I had this choice to go home and, and, and solve this or sit there and close the guy. And I chose to sit there and close the guy. And I did. I got him to commit to me. I drove home. Uh, I got a ranch. I went out and I turned my water on. Thank, thank goodness I did to do that from flipping in the past. But I turned my <laughs> water back on. Uh, I paid the bill. I swear I paid the bill. But I turned it on. And, um, and I, we ended up doing a project together and, you know, again, not overnight, it took about four months to do the project. I was just getting back into the game and, uh, but I got a $10,000 check from that, that project and, uh, it was gone before I got it, but I got it and it was on again, you know, I was back. Wow. So. Wow. Talk about stories. I'm here tearing up. <laughs> Jason, pass me in a Kleenex. <laughs> wow. I mean, just as parents ourselves, like, yeah it's one thing to like, uh, I hate to use the word fail, but to fail on such a large scale when it's only you, but when you have your child look up right. at you and just that, that, that moment, uh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> wow. What wow. To you. I mean, yeah. it, it but you takes... bounce back. Some people, a lot of people would just crawl into a corner and just, uh, yeah. I don't know, but you bounce back and now you have this empire which is what we want to get into. And you, you said something that stands out is that sometimes people get so stuck with just, just the moments of the day and those moments of the day chew you up to the point that it, it's like, Oh, I want to write a book or something. And then, you know, the, the days go by and all of a sudden 40 years pass and you still haven't written your book that you want to write because you, you've just been dealing with the day and you have to have to focus on that bigger picture or, or you're just, you're never going to get out of those moments of the day. Cause they go quick. They really do. Yeah. So I, we'd love to, talk about where your business has gone today. Cause you, you've, you, you've had this roller coaster, but you've been able to, to come out of it just in a, in a way that that's amazing, but you, you've 
you've put together the pieces to, 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 I, I guess those, those failures have led to led for you to, to find the platform that you need to, to really make this into a business. And we'd love to hear about where you are today with it. Well, today, I mean, you know, um, I'm very lucky and blessed, you know, I have a great team. We do run hundred projects a year, actual rehabs, you know, you know, a lot of people say they do, you know, transactions, they'll be wholesale or rehab. We do rehabs. Um, we're starting to do more wholesales this year, just because a lot of our marketing, we were uh, letting a lot of leads go because they didn't fit mm-hmm. in our yeah. model. And so, um, this year we moved one of our acquisitions guys to dispositions and we're starting to do more wholesaling and that's paying off in big ways. Um, so, but you know, we're a rehab company. We do really well. Um, we profit and, and again, there's different terms between revenue and profit. We profit over six figures a month consistently. Um, with the aspect of the wholesale this, this year, this month, actually in October, we'll hit $95,000 in wholesale, uh, awesome. profits. So that puts us, you know, closer to, you know, we may break the $200,000 mark in um, October of so whoa, 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 go! I want I want to hear that loud and clear. What what's your profit margin for just October? We're looking to break the two hundred thousand dollar in profit mark in in the October month. So what? That's, That's just October. I mean, That's are you guys hearing October. this, folks? He went yeah. from from Taco Bell to right. two hundred thousand in just one month. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's incredible. That's from, that's from, yeah. you know, you got to, you got to, what do they say? You have to hit the bottom of the, you have to hit the bottom of the pole in order to kick up. Right. So, gosh, Don has kicked up in a major way. And we've touched on this a couple of times is that, you know, th- things move so quick that we, we found it a lot on our own is that you forget to give yourself that moment to just kind of take a breath and congratulate yourself and just the small, small wins, especially, you know, we're all in a group and, and you see other people that are, that are at the, the, you know, they're, they're reaching the sky and you're just building it up, but you got to take that moment to, to realize the shift of, of where, what you've accomplished even in the last couple of months versus the last couple of years. And it's, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. And I'll, I'll tell you guys, I mean, there's, you know, I, there's still that, um, there's, there's still fear and anxiety. You know, I, I'm sometimes I'm afraid to take that moment cause I don't want to, you know, even take a chance to let go and take a breath, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, the challenge is there, the, there, there's so many great things that had that can happen with real estate. But one of the things I want people who are newer to know is that there, there, there are different challenges along the way and we all still deal with them. We all still kind of battle with ourselves and battle with fears. And it's okay as long as you go to work and work through them. You know, I think that's an important takeaway here. And, and you know, I want to say I still to this day battle with some of those things. And, but I still get up in the morning. I still go to work. I still have a plan. And I still push forward. And, and I am now able to provide a lot of great opportunities for my team, for my family, for myself. Um, that I wouldn't have had had I not got up and pushed forward. That's awesome. That's a great lead in. So we, we like to ask, what, what is something in your business you're working on improving now? Acquisitions, I think, is something that everybody's always trying to improve, finding better ways to do it. Um, our back end, we have more money than we can use right now. Um, we have a great system for working with contractors and managing projects. Again, because I have a great team, I just have some really, really good people that I'm grateful for that help that happen. Um, but I think like everybody, we're always trying to find better ways and more, you know, less expensive ways, more efficient ways to uh, acquire projects. So that's something that we're constantly working on. We're always testing new mailer campaigns. Um, we're always testing, you know, just different ways to, to uh, 
accomplish that goal. So um, we do really well at what we do. I just, you know, <laughs> want to find a more efficient way. So, yep. you know, and we're, I'm always like, that was my favorite part of the business too. That maybe that's why I'm so focused on it. Cause I used to love going and talking to sellers and answering the phone. That was something I was passionate about negotiating a deal. That was more than the money for me. That was, there was just something really cool about that ride you go on when you got that phone call and to the point you got that contract. And um, so every once in a while, I'll do a little thing with the guys and I'll, I'll take some calls too. And I'll be like, all right, let's see who can close the most. You know, I'll take five calls. You take five calls and let's see who can close the most. So, um, so we're always just kind of tweaking. <laughs> nice. Who usually wins? I beat them so far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be that way. I want them beating me. That's the goal, right? So that is the goal. Uh, Continue yeah. beating yeah. them until they beat you. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Wow. So you, you touched on a little subject and you're actually really good at this. Last time we talked is raising money. You right. have any tips for some of our listeners out there, how they can raise money and have a hundred percent of their flips funded? Yeah. I, you know, one of the biggest, the, the obstacles I think people have when they, when raising money is fear, right? Like anything else, they go into it and they think that the money has all the power. And they don't understand what they're bringing to the table. Like when I walk into a meeting with a private lender, I know my value. I know that I'm bringing opportunity to the table. I'm bringing, you know, a higher rate of return than they can typically get. I know that I'm bringing um, a structured business to the table, uh, transparency, all the things I offer investors. And I walk in there with that confidence. They don't go in there trying to sell them on why my particular project is the greatest thing for them. I go in there and I show them that I'm the horse they should bet on, that I'm the guy that's going to get things to the finish line. And I have a conversation with them and we talk about what their goals are as an investor, what my goals are as, you know, as a flipper. And we, I try to see if those goals align. That's the whole part of the point of the conversation. I don't bring a bunch of papers. I don't, I don't usually even bring a project. And I just, I want to know if our goals align. And the whole point is, is I want to show them that they do our goals do align. At the end of the conversation, I don't ask for money per se. I, I always end it with, let's do one and see how it goes. And if we like working with each other, we'll do more. And uh, let me see if I have anything in the pipeline that might fit what you, you, know, you have to invest. And no matter, and I, I did that from day one, no matter how bad I needed the money, it was, let me see what I have in the pipeline. And uh, not, I got a project that you can fund right now. And so maybe, maybe, maybe an hour after that we leave the appointment, maybe the next morning, I'll send them an email and say, Hey, you know, I happen to come across this project that we're working on that may fit, you know, your guys' investment, you know, criteria. Take a look at it and let me know. So, you know, I always, I always knew my value. To this day, I know my value. And I always play it like I don't need the money. And that's... That's, that's, I mean, that's huge when you're going into, because if they sense desperation or they sense fear, they sense hesitation, you know, they're, they're trying to get a feel for you. And if you're, you're, you're radiating all those negativities per se, um, you're going to be less likely to get a yes. If you go in there confident with the value you're bringing and you're not desperate for the money, then they're going to be, you're going to, you're going to just exude comfort and confidence, right? Yes. And they're going to leave that meeting feeling good about you. So when you do send a project, they're going to be more likely to say something. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So confidence and transparency. That that's that's two words you said in there that are that are highly effective when meeting people. Because 
you, you have to, you know, you, you want to tell them the rewards, but they also need to know the risk. And if you're just going to there, tell them, tell them all the upsides that, that the world could, you know, hold, but they, they also have to understand this, that they'll appreciate you being forthcoming with, with all sides of the deal. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's great. That's really wow. great. Where, where do you see your business growing within the next two, two, next five? Where's your direction heading now? We are looking at other markets, um, always looking at new opportunities in other markets. We're looking at uh, opportunities to go deeper in our market. Um, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. You know, we're doing the more wholesale, which is adding, adding to our bottom line for sure. Um, I don't know how much more I'm going to push for a higher volume per se. I, I'm kind of going more towards now, how do we maximize the profits every project? How do we get the better projects? So I think, uh, you know, kind of digging deeper and maximizing the returns on what we're already doing is definitely a direction we're going. Um, and looking at other markets, you know, I mean, that's, that's an opportunity that, uh, that I think that we're not tapping into at this point in time that we definitely do. And, I, and don't get me wrong, we do, you know, we do, you know, an hour south and a couple hours north um, of our market. But, you know, I'm talking about maybe possibly other states, other opportunities. So, um, and just... Honestly, just really focusing on making sure that the foundations are consistent and strong and in place. You know, I, I want to make sure that, that we're a company that can stand on its own. No matter what. Strong foundations. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so let's say, let's say, I'm sorry to cut you off. But let's, let's say you jumped into another market. What, what would be one of the first things you did before internet market? Or what would be one of the first pieces you put in place if you were going to go to another market? So, you know, based on my history, I'm, I'm very conservative. I don't like to go into markets that I can't control, that I don't understand. So um, before I would, would go into another market, I need to make sure that I've established relationships in that market that I can truly count on and trust. People who, when they, they give me their, um, their advice or their input, that I can count on that input. So I'd want to establish relationships. You know, I'd want boots on the ground. Somebody understands... You know, for instance, in the Bay Area, California, you have um, a street where two houses are facing each other. One house can be worth $50,000 more, $80,000 more than the house right across the street just because of a school district. Yeah. And that street's that dividing line. And those are important things to understand about a market. And, and so I would need to know that I have somebody on my team that would be able to share that information with me and in a manner that I can make the proper decision. That's important. That's great. Nice. Nice. I was, well, I... I was actually going to go into uh, other business ventures you have within the real estate realm. If uh, for all, everybody that's watching this video, you can see behind Don, he has something called Flip Talk. So Don has a podcast and a educational platform. Maybe you can expand on that a little bit. I do. I have a podcast called Flip Talk. Um, and it has been, as you guys know, a lot of fun to do these and interact with people that are listening. And it's just been, you know, it was... Like I'm, I'm in a lucky position. You know, I, 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 I love what I do. Um, I really do love what I do. I have an office. I have a team. I like coming to the office, but it got to the point where pretty much a lot of my business was handled. And so I was sitting in the office and I'm like, okay, what do I do next? <laughs> so um, we took a, little, a room in the office and we put all the equipment in here. And, and so I get to do the podcast and, and uh, that's just a lot of fun. Um, I do, I do some, um, I do some events, you know, um, like we're doing some next level events coming up here that really focuses on breaking down businesses and figuring out what the missing pieces are and then going, okay, if you do this, this, and this, you're going to explode. And, um, cause one of my talents, 
that I, you know, I, I'm very comfortable saying that I have is I can look at a business from a top level and figure out what it's doing right and what it's doing wrong. And usually what I do is I go, okay, that, that, and that I need in my business. And, and, but I can also say, if you just tweak X, Y, and Z, you're going to explode. So, you know, we did, you know, we, we did one at the end of October. It was really neat where a couple of the individuals there had the answers right in front of their face, but they either weren't seeing them or they weren't confident enough to um, take the action. And it was, it was really cool to just go, it's right there. And if you, you know, you just grab this, you just grab that, you're going to explode. You're gonna be great. So when is this next meeting and when can we come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you think I'm joking. <laughs> the, the next one, the next one is uh, November 2nd and 3rd um, and here in Fresno, California. And then we're setting the dates for another one in January. So fantastic. That's Any amazing. chance on being on the East coast? We are looking at other locations. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're looking at other locations around the country to start doing it. Well, for any of our listeners in California, you just heard it November 2nd and 3rd in Fresno. Yeah, um, we'll leave that in the show notes. If you have a business that just needs to be taken to the next level, you need to call up Don and have him go over and go through your business and tell you what's wrong with it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and for someone who, who's new into real estate and, and maybe this is the first podcast they listened, or maybe they're just, they're just dipping or tip or actually sticking their toe in the water as we've talked about, what is an actionable step they can take today to get going in this platform of real estate? Let's say flipping, for instance, we'll put it since that that's, is your main approach. Well, my answer would be the same for wholesaling, flipping, buy and hold. You, you have to network. Um, that was how I did. I, I, I didn't have two quarters rubbed together. I didn't have any money. Um, I couldn't send mailers. I had the network. And so what I did is I used, they always, people call OPM other people's marketing, right? I call it other, or other people's money. I call it other people's marketing. So I used OPM and, and, and for my definition, and I got on Craigslist and I called all the We Buy Houses ads. Um, I called every bandit sign I saw. Um, and I basically, you know, are you a wholesaler or are you a cash buyer? If you're a cash buyer, I'm looking for money partners. If you are a wholesaler, I'm looking for properties. And I just built relationships. Um, a number of the wholesalers I work with to this day, I met doing that. So, um, you know, I, I called agents, you know, I looked for REO agents at the time. REOs were still a big thing in 2012. And, and I said, basically with no, I, I don't condone this, but with absolutely no reason for saying it, but I, I was like, I have $2 million in buying power and I'm looking for buy, to buy some properties. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, and I got, I, I got meetings with these agents and I would go to coffee with them or I'd go to lunch with them and I built relationships with them. And two of those agents work for me in my office today. So, wow. um, so I mean, it's huge, you know, and I just built relationships with people and it opened the door to opportunities and I started getting deals. You know, people bring me deals. I, you know, I started networking with more people with money and my business just grew from it. And, you know, people ask me all the time, and I think they're surprised by the answer, but they'll ask me like, you know, how many of my deals come from networking? And, and honestly, 50% of what we do as a company comes from networking. Uh, you know, we buy, you know, there's a few weeks ago, I bought three pocket listings in one week from an agent that I buy from all the time. You know, that's stuff that you're getting first dibs at that no one else knows about. You know, one of those was priced at $185,000 the seller was crazy. She didn't want to sign on the property. You couldn't go view the property unless you're with the listing agent and the house wasn't selling. I got that property for 90 grand. Wow. What? So I rehabbed it, put it back on the market and we're in contract for $180,000. Wow. So yeah. Correct. So, you know, um, 
the long and the short of it is, I mean, she wasn't gonna get that anyway, because it was, it needed rehab, but the long and the short of it is, is relationships are the ROI on that. You, I mean, it's unmeasurable because there's yeah. no money involved. You know, yeah. I got three properties that I spent zero marketing dollars on, you know? And so a lot of people, it's, it's not a sexy way of doing it and, and people are scared, but it, it's, it's the, just the way to build your business. And just to, you know, one more thing I want to add to that is I don't mean go to Aria and get a, get a business card and hand your business card out. I mean, go to Aria and understand that no one's going to call you on your business card. So get their phone number, put it in your cell phone and invite them, <clears throat> excuse me, invite them to lunch, invite them to coffee and build a relationship. That's what I mean by networking. Not just go out and, and be a face. No, that's that's, that's the key. It's really the conversations. I mean, Jason and I just closed on a on a flip that we got because I kept on telling the agents in my office, send me your deals, send me your deals, send me your deals. After six months of doing that, one agent did that. And I mean, it's been sort of a, yeah. a great uh, avenue of getting deals. And it's, and it's all from networking. It's all from opening your mouth and talking, not from mailing, yeah. opening your mouth and talking to people. It's amazing. Yeah. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so we ask this question and we get a lot, a ton of resp- different responses, but we all are into this crazy business, but what are, what are some words you can share with the listeners or some words to live by? Know your value. Know your value in anything that you do, whether you're working with contractors, employees, private money, sellers, know their value you bring to the table. Understand that that we all have a tremendous amount of value and just, just, just own it, you know, absolutely know your value. That's amazing. That's amazing. And for listeners out there who haven't listened to, to Don's podcast, I've listened to it. It's amazing. A ton of great episodes. And so I can't wait to listen some more. So you guys should definitely check it out. But is there some other ways that if our listeners want to get in touch that they can reach out to you? Maybe they want to get on your buyers. Actually, I'm not sure how much you're wholesaling. Maybe they want to get in your buyers list, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, Don at fliptalk.com. You can reach me at Don at fliptalk.com uh, is a great way to get a hold of me. <clears throat> I apologize for coughing in here. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, you can reach me on Facebook. Um, you know, you can, you can always find me on Facebook. I do answer my emails. I do answer um, the uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, I actually get a really big kick out of interacting with people. So I, I do enjoy it. It's one of the, the perks. I never really thought I was going to get into podcasting and all this kind of stuff, but it, there's just a thrill behind it. Sure, you guys can really. Yeah, ah, it's I love great. It. Yeah, conversations you get to have. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but the email is probably the best way to get a hold of me. You know, just reach out to me anytime. You know, questions, comments, concerns. You, you know, I'm I'm willing to give as much as I can. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Don. And this has been incredible. I, that was a full roller coaster that that we've heard some of, but just to really hear your story and hear where you're going today, it's awesome stuff. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the show. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Well, this is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. Thank you so very much to Don Costa. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate. 